0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now let's tune in to this week's message. All right, hey, welcome to church. I get to preach today, which is pretty pretty fun. So if you're here wondering, well, don't all churches? get their pastor to preach. Well, we have a lead pastor. We're one church, multiple locations. Uh, and Pastor Rob, our lead pastor, and, and he gets to speak very regularly here, but we always want the campus pastor's voice to be heard as well. So we get about 20% of the sermons here. I get to speak live and get to get my heart across. So I just have to say first, um, thanks to Pastor Rob Ketterling for giving me an opportunity to share and for being a lead pastor that loves Woodbury, loves our church, and gives us opportunity to speak and to share on this end of things, which is awesome. So I am so excited for that. Thanks, Pastor Rob. He it's Memorial Day weekend. They're off having fun, and I get to share. But also, I just want to say today we're starting a new series called Empowered. We're starting a new series called Empowered, and it's a series that's gonna be focusing on building the church through the power of the Holy Spirit, which is awesome. And we're gonna unpack that. I think we're very used to saying phrases like Father's, we always look at the Trinity as Father, Son, and Holy Bible which is awesome. But the Trinity truly is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I think if you come from a Lutheran background like I do, and I have a lot of Lutheran and Catholic friends, and maybe you're a Lutheran or Catholic in here, you know there's something very special about um, the Scriptures. There's something very special about the Father, where there's something very sacred about honoring Jesus. But the Holy Spirit can sometimes come across like the crazy uncle at Christmas that shows up and you wonder what's going on. Ah, we don't know. You have a weird experience with the Holy Spirit or you ne- never really encountered the Holy Spirit in a personal way that you've recognized. And so today we're going to look into that because we're a charismatic church with a charismatic heart, with, a, with the Holy Spirit that says the Holy Spirit guides us in all that we do. And I want to unpack that a little bit. And today we're going to have an opportunity at the end for you to be able to, to, pray and encounter the Holy Spirit, everybody's going. to We're just going to stand as a church and have it a moment. So just open up your heart and watch God do something because I think there are, God's going to do something in you, and he's going to encounter you in a way that you've never known before. We're going to devote some time at the end, at 11 o'clock for the last five minutes. We're going to sing, we're going to lean in, and we're going to pray, and we're going to see what God does. So, with that said, I just want to pray for us right now as I pray for the message. Lord, thank you for right now. Thanks for everyone. Hey, maybe we could do this as a sign of unity. What if you took your hand and put it on your heart and just said, okay, God, open up my heart. I've had some past issues about Holy Spirit stuff. I don't know this denomination that way. Well, I don't know how I feel about the Holy Spirit. Not quite sure what he's going to say, but I'm willing, if you're in it and the Bible's here and we're going to teach from the Bible and you're going to talk about it, then I open up my heart today. So Lord, our hands on our hearts saying, God, open us up, speak to our hearts today. Let your word bring truth and help us to be a church that's empowered in Jesus Christ's holy name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Thank you, Lydia, for playing for me. That's so good. Hey, you know, can I say something awesome about our band? Um, what you don 't know about our band, which I love is Lydia is a mom who works as a barista, plays keyboard we 've got Mitchell over here who is does banking by day and does music in pubs at night we 've got um, we 've got other we 've got college kids up here that are singing that are going to college to learn ministry we 've got high school kids. Miranda works throughout the week in her mom 's office doing um, as, an, as an office uh, manage, kind of an office management um, then we have We look at other people that are in computer work. We got, there's just people that are up here. We've got um, Josh who is up here. I think he's he's in plumbing. Do you understand? Like the kingdom of God is such a great cross section and everybody gets to use their gifts. That's everybody that's on this worship team today, most everybody. Can you guys just go ahead and say thanks to our worship team for killing it every week? I'm clapping with this phone, and it just looks like I'm a wussy claps. I'm so sorry. You're so absolutely lovely. Thank you, worship team. You're amazing. All right. Anyways, I don't mean to be like that. All right. So, but I am, I'm using my phone today for notes uh, because my iPad um, was out of commish. So I'm using this today. So if you're wondering what I'm doing, I'm not texting my friends saying, hey, check me out. I'm not, I'm not taking selfies. I'm going to, I'm speaking out of notes today. And I want to talk about this because I'm going to start with this as a metaphor. And it's this idea of we live in a downloadable culture. We live in a place right now in culture where we get to download a lot of things. We get to have a moment where inside this phone, this phone is like an $800 phone, and in it, I can access the internet. In it, I can access... Um, I can shop online in multiple stores with my apps. I can go to Safari or or Google Chrome and look up information on antiquity, on different parts of biblical history and Roman history and the Revolutionary War and World War II. I can do a lot of things with this phone. I can go and I can order food um, and have it delivered to my door. Um, I can have Target, order stuff with Target and have it done. I can go ahead and store my family albums on here. There's a lot of things that I can do in this phone because we're a downloadable, A portable, downloadable culture. But it would never used to be like this. There was a time when it wasn't like this. I remember I had this when I was growing up. Let's show this picture of this. There was a time it was very hard to be portable. And I had a a picture of, or I had this TV. Hopefully we've got it coming up. Let me know if we got it. I don't know if we do. We're checking. I'm just checking right now. There it is. Okay. I actually had a Sony Watchman when I was. I'm an '80s kid. I'm 48. It's so how it goes. I had one of those, and I thought I was so cool when before there was ever Hulu and Netflix. I had a downloadable. I had it. I would carry on a Watchman, and it had an antenna, and it would pick up CBS, NBC, and ABC because those are the only three channels it, it got. Okay, so that was as close as I got to portable, downloadable, mobile uh, TV. And then there's this one. We've got the phone, which we know. Do you remember these ancient things? Do you remember that? And you found that quarter, and you were like, "Oh my gosh!" They re- their call got returned. These are called phone. These are these are called uh, landline phones. For all of you that don't know, Ani and Magnus, these were all over the city at one point, and we would call them because we didn't have mobile phones. We had all landline phones that were there, so we would do that. And of course, when you found a quarter, it was a win. Now, I can put another thing. I can put my whole family album online. I can put my whole family albums as screensavers. But do you remember this day back in the day when you would have a wallet and you would have a four page insert and it had all these plastic pictures that you could just let fall down to the ground? Of like, look at my kids. It would go, Poof, woo, 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 woo. we would do that. There was another moment of where now I've got a MacBook, which is a portable computer. Back in the day of trying to do portable computer, you'd see something like this. This was me in college. So they took me, this was a shot of me in college in my backyard, trying to be a, wishing I had a MacBook, hoping that the technology would advance. Also, to be able to store music, you would be able to store your music online. And remember the days of CDs? You would have a CD um, or a cassette box like that, or maybe an 8 track, or maybe records. I don't know how old you are. But then they got it more modernized, and then you would get one of these really cool things, which was, a sleeve like that, you could put in all your CDs in it. And it was awesome. And you could be like, dude, check out my music collection. And you'd be able to flip that thing open. And you would start paging through, start saying, like, look at this man. And you'd open up, you'd be like, look at my Pearl Jam records, at our CDs that hold right in here. Check it out. And you would do all of that. Um, But it's good. But now we can just download on our phone, which is awesome. We download all of our music, which is great. And, uh, back then, I mean, I remember the, the first portable, uh, Bible that you would have where you would be able to carry your Bible with you. It looked like this back in the day when you could carry it. We could carry the Bible around with you, which was awesome. So thanks, Moses, for starting that trend. But then obviously now we have, you can download the Holy Bible in your phone, which is super great. And you'd be able to get an app that does this. And the cool thing about all this is, all this stuff now from going from back then to now is we become a downloadable culture. That's the point. We can download now. Because why? Because everything is stored up in this thing called the cloud. And if you are, if, and if the cloud is a mystery, I, we still haven't figured it out, have we, Heidi? The cloud, and if it's this spot where you can look and there's, it's a place where everything gets stored up in the cloud and you get to see this cloud and it would store everything and you could download everything from the cloud which is great. And this cloud would be something, of course, that if you know this icon, you know in the personalized, portable, downloadable world, this is an important thing. And I remember recently I was on a plane and I was getting ready to fly somewhere and I remember I thought, oh, this is great. Thank you. Make it easy. Before I used to have to strap, carry my CDs with me. I used to carry a big bag of books with me. I used to you know, harness myself with all this gear And then I finally get to this point and I was like, oh, I got to do is just download it at home. And so I I get in my seat, I check in on the plane, I get in my seat, I get out my, uh, you know, my headphones, I put them in, I get ready, I open up my phone and then I saw this symbol that showed up, which was a very, very scary symbol, that symbol. And that symbol says, oh, it's in the cloud, you still have to download it. Has anybody ever experienced that symbol at the worst time ever, (laughs) Right? If you're a techie person and you're, especially if you're a young person, you're like, this is not the symbol you want to see when you were trying to get yourself downloaded and trying to get yourself the tech and everything ready to go on a plane because now you're trapped and that's all you see now is this. And you're thinking, no, boy, That symbol says it never downloaded. It's still in the clouds. It never downloaded. It's still in the cloud, which means... There's no way you're going to be able to access that song because when you're in airplane mode and you're 30,000 feet in the air and you want to watch something, you have no access. You have to download it, otherwise you're sitting there. So I ended up resorting on this three and a half hour flight. I remember reading how to puke on a plane and that little plastic card. I remembered I got to do a crossword puzzle and try to figure out what was another word for agate, and, you know, in geology terms. It was the most boring terrible experience because all I just sit there and stare at the bald spot of the man ahead of me going, please God, don't let me lose my hair. And so I just sat there going, what in the world? But that's what it was when you don't download things. It happens. And I want to say this, I think as Christians, I want to open us up to say this, is that we have an opportunity to be able to, I think as Christians, we're kind of like this. We do Christian life and we, fi- we come into the church or we confess to be Christians or we decide to choose Christ and we do it and we live in this world and we find ourselves almost in a moment where we're saying I'm ready to, to change the world I'm ready to go I'm ready to do and be powered up and do what God's called me to do and we see that symbol that symbol that says it's not downloaded yet it's not downloaded you've got the ability the the ability." You've got the opportunity. You've got the the, uh, the, the resources. I've got everything for you. It's, in, it's almost like it's in the cloud. You just have to download it. You just have to take it. You just have to download it. So instead, we have to choose to be able to live in this place of, oh, it's like you're like me sitting on a plane going, this should have been more spectacular. This should have been more exciting. This should have been more engaging. This should have been more entertaining. This should have been more thrilling. And it's like, your faith is like doing a crossword puzzle about agates on a flight for three and a half hours looking at a bald spot. That's not how Christianity is supposed to be. Your spiritual life is supposed to be thrilling. Your spiritual life is supposed to be on fire. It's supposed to be full. It's supposed to be exciting. It's supposed to be exhilarating. And which is awesome because we're in this series saying, Empowered, do you know the word empowered means empowered? It means to put power in you. It's supposed to put power in you. And I'm here to say this. There is a download waiting for you today that God wants to put in you beyond your Christian experience. And you're going to experience that today. You're going to walk in it today. You're going to experience it today. And it doesn't matter who you are or where you've been or what you've come from. God is ready to download no longer going to have that cloud with the air over your head. You're, you're going to be downloaded, ready to go, and ready to engage. How do I know this? Acts 1. Here it says this. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Now at this point, in Acts 1, Jesus is already resurrected. He's already up in heaven. He's already been died and crucified and resurrected. But this is what's awesome, and this is why we know Christianity to be true, is this. Until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions to the Holy Spirit, to the apostle he had chosen after his suffering, verse three, he presented himself to them, it says in Acts one, verse three, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over and over again and over again and over again and over again. It says in this verse, speaking about the kingdom of God and teaching them. On one occasion, he was eating with them. Isn't that awesome? Jesus, because Jesus rose again from the dead, so will you. If you lose someone in death and they're in Christ, you're gonna get the same thing. That's why there'll be a feast in heaven. You'll get to eat in heaven. You'll have a body in heaven. You'll have a physical body. You'll be able, you'll get to use your brain. You get to teach, you get to interact, you get to do that. That's the beauty of resurrected Christ. Jesus says, as I am, you will also be. That's your future. And if you've ever had someone that's lost and that, and that has gone up and you've loved them, you're like, oh, my parents, I wish I missed them, my grandparents, you will, whatever how Jesus was is how we'll be in heaven. And so this happens then, we see Jesus begin to do this and Jesus makes a claim to them in verse Acts 1.8. He tells them, first of all, he gives them, he gets them around and says, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to wait. And he says to them, And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's amazing. Jesus says, here's what you're going to do. The crucifixion has happened. I didn't stay dead. I'm alive. Everybody that said I wasn't king, now you know I'm the risen Christ. Now you know I'm Jesus. According, He says, and there's something else. It's gonna be this. You need to go to Jerusalem and you have to wait. Because I'm gonna give you something. I'm gonna download to you something that is going to be beyond the experience you have with me. It's gonna be beyond me into something that's gonna be powerful that I've set aside for you. And this experience is gonna be experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit that's gonna come upon you in a way that you've never known. Now, I wanna say something. If you're in here and you're a Christian, and you have been, the Bible calls it, born again, you've experienced the Holy Spirit. You've experienced the power of the Holy Spirit in your life if you've been born again. It says, actually, in John 3, verses 5 through 6, it says, in the NIV, it says, Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the Spirit. Do you know what I'm saying? At your salvation experience, if you're a Christian here, you've been saved through the Holy Spirit. Jesus made you born again you're born into the kingdom by the spirit so you, if you're wondering like well i thought i have the holy spirit yep i thought i experienced the holy spirit you have you've experienced the holy spirit because that's what it means to be to be saved to be born again the spirit comes on you it comes into you and you come into the kingdom which is awesome you basically get you get put in the hand of god to be able to be the spirit of god makes you come into the kingdom of God, which is really great. But Jesus said something. It's, there's something beyond that. There's something beyond this experience. There's something beyond this experience. And it goes into this in, in, over in, John, in uh, Acts chapter 2. In the Acts chapter 2, it says this. It says in Acts 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost came. So they do what Jesus said. They go to Jerusalem. They wait in the upper room. And they said, okay, well, Jesus said it. I mean, clearly he's telling us the truth. He conquered death. He conquered sin. He's coming back. He's teaching to hundreds of people, including the disciples. And it says in Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. Like Jesus said, they were waiting in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated separated and rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Wow, what an experience. So I, have a, I've, I think in a day like today, Jesus would say, it's less about, um, he would say, if, if 2019 Jesus came, he would say, I want you to go wait over in the upper room. I'm going to give you a download just like on your iPhone. And it's going to be a special download that's going to be able to be for you. And it's going to come at the right time. Just wait for the download. And you're kind of like, cool. And Jesus would have held up an iPhone and said, just like the iPhone. But because they're a very aggregate community, they were very much a first century community. Obviously they only knew wells. They only knew pitchers of water. They knew. So God said this, he says, it's kind of like this. You're going to be filled. You're going to be filled just like a cup or a glass is filled. And he begins to talk about that. He even, and so this is what happens. So I've got a couple of, I've got an example up here. So basically See, is this the one I wanted? Let me just take a look. Oh, it's this one, yeah. So, this is how it goes. This cup right here has got some uh, stuffed green pepper uh, yuck on it. Anybody like stuffed green peppers? You can lick the glass after. But it's got stuffed green pepper on it. You can see it. It's kind of covered in muck here, okay? So, this is you before salvation. What God does is is when you pray and say, I confess with my heart, believe with my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, and you're saved. God takes you. I'm going to put you over here. You're over here. You confess your sins to Christ. You commit yourself to Jesus. God then takes you and in repentance begins to clean you. He washes you. He washes away all the filth of the world. He washes away all the scum, bad choices, bad decisions, bad time at college, bad stuff that you did. He takes, he takes all of your parting, your drinking, your DWI, your unwanted pregnancies. He takes all of it, everything that you walked through that was heartache and heartbreak. He takes your, um, the brokenness of your life and takes it and he makes you clean and you get in the hand of God. This is you at salvation, and this is you as a Christian. Crystal clear, clean, looking beautiful. Then Jesus says, it's not enough. It's not enough. There's more for you. There's something that I want you to do. This is good. This secures you in heaven. This is your experience. You've been born again, adopted into the family of God to never, people try, can you be separated from the love of God? Nope. You've got this now. He's in. But this is what God does. God says, Jesus says, I want you to go wait in the upper room because I'm going to pour out in you something. And this is what happens in the disciples. This is what happens. Acts 2. They wait. All of a sudden, they're filled. They're filled. They're filled. And this is what it means to be baptized. It means to be immersed, covered, overflowing. This is what happened in Acts 2. Why is this a big deal? This is you filled overflowing. And then, because as a Christian, here's what happens. You go to work, you're, you're the plumber, you're the computer guy, you're, you're Mitch going to the bank, you're Miranda managing an office, you're a barista, you're a salesman, you're an entrepreneur, you're in pharmaceutical sales, you're, 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 you're going out, you're traveling, you're doing business travel, you're a mom at home, you're a mom in your neighborhood, you're doing mom, all this kind of stuff. You're at Edward Jones doing financial. And here's what happens. When you, when you get filled up like you're going to have today, this is what happens. Oh, hey, great. I love this. This is great spilling, automatically you're going to spill out on other people. And not only that, someone's going to say, man, I want to know about God. Tell me about Jesus. He's going to say, oh, let me tell you. And then you're going to pour out. And if if I'm a person that doesn't know Christ, this happens. Oh, that's refreshing. I've never heard those wise words before. I've never heard those thoughts. I didn't know God could love me. Because I'm I'm used goods. I didn't know there was a future for my life. Thank you for telling me that. You work at a Bible college. You're surrounded by Christians. You pour out to other Christians. You're working out. You're you're, you're a teacher at the YMCA. You're pouring out and you're saying, Hey, I want to tell you, Jesus loves you. There's a plan for your life. I I want to give you hope. I want to tell you there's a better way. I want to tell you I'm going to love you unconditionally. Thank you. All in a day's work. Look at this. Half empty. Half empty. God then says, according to Ephesians 5, 13, I think I'm correct on that. It says, don't be drunk with wine, be filled with the Spirit. That word, be filled, is not a one-time word. It's a word that says, be filled again. And again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again. It's an active word that keeps going. So that means when you go to church, this happens. Great. All right. Worship with Miranda was really good today. Look at this. Woo! All of a sudden, Monday happens. You're pouring out your life to people. Pouring out your life for people. You're giving to your kids. You're giving to your job. You're giving to your work. you hear this. Monday's done. Tuesday happens. Gotta see this again. Thank you, God. I'm in Devo time. I'm in work. There we go. Tuesday happens. Pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. See what I'm saying? Do you see that visual? To be baptized, that word is baptism, which means to be immersed. Do you see when you're when you're immersed, you're it's overflowing, you're covered in water of the Spirit. You're covered. Does anybody have a coffee in here? Matt, do you know if there's a coffee in here? But anybody Oh my gosh, this is perfect. Here's the beautiful part. Here's the beautiful part of this. Sorry, this is pretending it's because God is bottomless, he never runs out, okay? So, let's say this happens to you. Let's say you're here and you're like, "Okay, that's great. I love Jesus." Oh, snap. I just looked at something I shouldn't have online. Oh, snap, I just told my, I got in a fight with my family and my wife and my, I just said something to my kids I didn't to. I looked at pornography. I went and made a decision sexually I shouldn't have. I went and had a bad thought. I, I said I hated somebody. That's sin. Here's the beauty about what happens when you get filled up. Look at this picture first, okay? Now, watch what happens when you get filled up. It's a very different mixture, isn't it? And if you were to keep going, and I, if I had more time, I could keep pouring and pouring and pouring, and the darkness and the depths of sin would empty all of this out, and eventually you'd have pure water depending on the outpouring. Does that make sense? Do you see that visual? And the cool thing about repentance is one repentance makes it look... One repentance gives you this because God's outpouring in your repentance gives you, puts you in a posture to receive and go back to this. That's the beauty of it. When you, when you come in and you go, when you go from the black sin to this kind of murky, that's what happens. It changes you from the inside and you pour out. That's the beauty of it. And so what happens is, is the disciples in that moment what you see, what happened for them is they begin to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'll give you a few scriptures, and then I'd like the worship team to come on up. Here's how it ends. And here are the scriptures. Scriptures do this. It says this in the scriptures. It says, this was, this was the Peter. I'll give you one person. This is Peter in the upper room. He was empty. He gets filled. Before Peter was filled... When people asked him about Jesus and about Christianity, Peter fled. Peter said, I don't even want to. I don't know Jesus. He loved Christ. He was passionate about Jesus. As a matter of fact, it says in the, in the Bible, I will never denounce you, Jesus. I love you too much. Then when there came time, when push came to shove, he, de- he denied Jesus three times. And the rooster crows, and it's part of the crucifixion story. Acts 2 Peter probably felt a little bit like this. Acts 2 happens. He gets filled up with this. This happens in Acts 2. Guess what happens after that for Peter? It says this. It happens again in Acts 4. It says this in Acts 4. It says, Acts 4, 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people. So in Acts 4, he's already filled to the brim. Acts 4, 31, Peter's filled again. He's in the room. He goes back to the disciples. He gets filled again. Acts 6, 5 says more the disciples are getting filled. Acts 9, 17, Paul gets filled. Acts 13, 9, Paul gets filled again. Acts 10, Peter gets filled again. Acts 13, 22 says, and the disciples were continually filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Isn't that cool? That's Christian life. That's Christian life. It's for you to be in a position where every time you encounter God, you get this. Every time. This is your life. This is every day for you. So you can spill out on others and be filled again and again. Because what did we say? Ephesians 5 says... Don't be drunk with wine. Don't be filled up with the things of the world. The things of the world that leave you empty and wanting more and never fulfilling it. God says, be filled with the spirit. And watch life transform. Watch your life go. I remember for me, when I became a Christian, I, was, I, I found Christ. I was, I was saved. I was cleaned up. I came from an unwanted pregnancy, from a from a life that was drinking. I came from a life that was full of partying and trying to prove myself. From a broken relationship with my father and my family to uh, all of that kind of stuff. And God redeemed me and saved my life. And then, not only from there, I met a, a great young a uh, great mom who came up to me and she said, she said, you know, have you experienced the Holy Spirit? I said, well, I guess I'm a Christian. She goes, let me pray for you, and she prayed for me in a search door. we're gonna do it in just a second. And I just felt an infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Spirit that allowed me to where I experienced an overwhelming presence of the Lord. It's there that I began to experience some of the gifts of the Spirit we'll talk about next week. Leadership gift, gifts of discernment. I got to speak in tongues. I had all these moments begin. I had a prophetic gift. All of that came from this beautiful mom just praying for me. And from there, it's been the guide of our life. It's helped us. It The Holy Spirit helps me to find the job. I don't just take a job. I pray and say, Holy Spirit, you gotta show me. Because I know Jesus, you're in heaven baptizing me. It says in John chapter 3 that who, who does this filling? God gives Jesus the pitcher and has him pour out. Acts 3 said Jesus becomes the baptizer and fills. So while you're saved by Christ, you're filled with the Spirit because Jesus is pouring out in heaven for you according to John 3 You're, Jesus becomes the baptizer for you and if it's from there it's we go on a missions trip on a global project and we start seeing the kingdom of darkness get overcome by the kingdom of God literally praying and watching watching darkness flee we're praying over with a kid with scoliosis whose back suddenly straightens up and he has doctor's x rays showing what happened we have moments of where um Heidi is praying and she says, I've just been praying today and I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, that building is ours. When they said no to our new building, Heidi said, the Spirit's telling me different and we got the building. Come on. Do you see what I'm saying? Healings, miracles, power, strength. I don't feel a joy. I need joy to overcome because I'm facing darkness or depression. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. I need to know what to do. I have a leadership decision to make. I need to know what to do. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. I don't know what to do. I need to make a decision on, should I hire this person or not for my company? Uh, let the Holy Spirit fill you. I need, I need an opportunity to know, um, I need God to open up some opportunities financially for me to be able to have faith to believe for, this, for me to get the sale. God pours out the gift of faith in the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit's for you. It's for every single person. That's the beauty of it. It's not for special Christians because when you become a Christian, you receive the Holy Spirit and from there, it's just, a, it's just an overflow. It's just the overflow. It's be filled with the Spirit every single day. Every day, put your cup under the pitcher and let God fill you. Every day, put your cup, open yourself up and say, God, fill me again. It's Ephesians 5. That's what God says. Isn't it great? So we're gonna do that now. We're gonna take a moment and have God. So can you stand with me as we close? And we're gonna take a moment to say, God, would you, would you fill us today? So what we're gonna do is Miranda's gonna play and I'm gonna kind of pray with Miranda as she sings. And we're gonna kind of go from here and we're gonna be able to take a moment. So can we just go ahead and close our eyes for a moment? And would you, if you are a Christian in here, then this is for you. If you don't know Christ and you're here trying to figure it out, Join us and see what the Holy Spirit, what God will do with you. You might be, you might be confessing your sins to God saying, God, I'm sorry, I want what that is. You'll might confess it to God, but we're gonna pray. So maybe as a sign of kind of an open, like the top of the glass was open. Can you just, maybe we could put our hands in the air as a sign like, we're like that open cup. And we're gonna ask God to fill us right now. Watch what God does. It's not about a feeling, it's about faith. It's not about trying, it's about receiving. It's not about, it's, it's not about uh, uh, wishing, it's about simply believing, saying, thank you, God, Holy Spirit, right now, begin. Your prayer is this, Jesus, pour out. Your prayer is this, Holy Spirit, more of you. Holy Spirit, Spirit, come on, let's sing this as our prayer. Let's begin to sing this as our prayer. Come on, he's flooding, he's filling, he's flooding, he's filling. God is We're not going anywhere.